Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Maybe you're in that place where you, you've got things around you and it doesn't seem like anybody can come and help. And this is what God says, I'm your wall. I'm your wall of fire. When we are walking with God, He can be that wall of fire in our lives. In today's message, Pastor Randy picks up where we left off last week in our summer series on the book of Revelation. Beloved, turn your Bible now to Revelation chapter 10. Here's Pastor Randy. Good morning, New Hope. God is up to something today. I believe that. Can I get an amen on that? Now, I got some amen people in this service. I can see already, all right, which means I'm in trouble next hour, all right? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to paddle. It's like, it's like when you got amen people in the room, it's like surfing. How many of y'all surfed? You've surfed? I'm not saying good at it, okay? I'm just saying you've done it. You've felt the power of the ocean, and you're paddling, you know, and then the ocean takes over. It's just such a great feeling. So open your Bibles up to the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, which isn't a bad thing, it's the revealing. And if you need a Bible, slip your hand up. And one other thing, if you are working with kids and you're gonna have to wear one of these this year, okay, then I want you to slip your hand up as well because the ushers have cards for you. Sheba's got those cards, where's she at? Where are you at? Sheba's got those cards. We're, Sheba and Patrick are giving those out. If you're working with kids and you would like one of these masks, made famous by Mr. Nick Saban, all right? Uh, these are amazing masks. These are, a, these are bona fide masks, but I'm just gonna tell you, they are the most comfortable masks you can possibly wear. And if you want one of these, I will be more than happy to get you one. So if you work with students and you're in a place where you have to or you need to wear a mask, I would love to get you one of these. Uh, the company, you know, this is the mask that, that I uh, wrote to the airlines about and we got bona fide. So uh, if you would like one, you just fill this out and drop this in and we will get you one of these. Uh, and they're not gonna be orange, okay? So if you're a Georgia fan, don't worry. They're gonna be black, okay? I know some of y'all are like, I ain't wearing that orange. Yeah, I'm not, no. They'll think I'm Clemson or Auburn and it just ain't gonna happen. No, it's, it's gonna be a black mask. So I'll get you one of these. Revelation chapter 10, the end of this, gonna pick up where Josh left off. Didn't Josh do a good job last week? I thought Josh did a great job with the text. And, and today, I just wanna pick up there, shorter sermon, because we're gonna honor our teachers. If you got here late, don't worry, we're gonna honor our teachers here at the end. Pray over our teachers here. But Revelation, the end of this, chapter 10, verse 11, we're gonna read up to verse three. Today I wanna to talk to you about the measure of matter. The measure of matter. So would you guys stand with me as we read these verses? And I was told you must again prophesy. I've been talking about these pauses that happen and, and you go from the chaos of earth to seeing that there's order in heaven, that heaven is never in panic mode. Nobody's ever freaked out in heaven. Angels are never running around saying, what are we gonna do, Lord? We don't know, it's a mess down there. What are we gonna do? No, there's no panic going on in heaven. And he says, no, let me tell you, this is what you're gonna do. I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna do. You're going to again, you might wanna underline that word again, prophesy about many people and nations. Nations. You might wanna circle that word nations, whether now or when you sit down. 
Nations essentially equals faiths because most nations were identified by the faith that they had. So when you see nations here, it isn't just a kingship, it's, it's a religion, it's an idea system, it's a philosophy, it's a faith. And languages and kings. And then I was given a measuring rod like a staff and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar, now look at this, because we're gonna circle these words, because remember, we circle the people, we underline the points, but we circle the people, those who worship there. This is about the kingdom of God, and when you sit down, you can write this down if you want to. That's me, right? Those who worship there. I thought I'd get a better amen than that on that one. That, that, that this is about you, those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it's given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. This is, this uh this week we've been working at remodeling and I just wanna give one shout out. There's been a whole lot of people working, but Jody Hoffman came and painted all the doors uh, down our hallways this week and I'm just so thankful for that. And yeah, if you, if you get a chance to walk down the kids' hallways, they're not done yet. This, in another week they'll all be done, but Jody came and she painted all the doors. And, and when it, it's, we're getting really close. The student room is basically done. The kids' hallways are, are getting close. This, this gets finished this week. Uh, it, and, and it's gonna be a place of invitation. And I'm just really excited about that. This is, a, this is a call that he gives here to holiness. This is a call about, I want you to go. I want you to prophesy again. I want you to go to people who believe differently and I want you to tell them about me and about my kingdom. But before that, there's a measuring that takes place. Before that, before you go, there's a measure. I, I put another verse in your bulletin, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He says, therefore, go. Literally, the way the verb works there, it's as you're going, as you're moving, as you're going, make disciples, but before you go, there's a measure. This is about stopping and looking at the things around us that have importance. One of the things that we're gonna see today as we look at scripture, in, in the kingdom of God, there is great order. There's incredible creativity without order. Now, teachers, you know this. Teachers know that you have to be creative, but you need that bell to ring, don't you? You need that bell, to, you need a system, you need a time. When we get out of rhythm, things are not right. And the Lord convicted me this week. I have totally gotten out of my rhythms. I used to have a, a rhythm, it, was a, it, was a, it worked for me, and, and I, would, I would get up and I would spend 20 minutes on my bike and I, and I would look at my planner before I did that, I would look at my, at my scripture before I did that, then I'd get off my bike and I would spend time in the word and then we would pray, Anita and I would pray and we've gotten out of that rhythm, we've been in this remodel and this move and it's been summer and we've gotten out of that rhythm and, and this week, the Lord started waking me up really, really early and it's like, son, if, if you ain't gonna do it, we're gonna help you. 
So there's several mornings before five o'clock. I'm out there on the porch praying. Not because, I, I just, I wake up and I'm like, okay, Lord, I went to sleep at one, okay? There's no way I'm awake right now. But I would be. Wake up, get back into this rhythm, get back into this. And what you're gonna see right here is you're gonna see this incredible order that God has for his people. And within that, this creativity. Before you go, you measure. I was given a measuring rod, verse, chapter 11, verse one, like a staff, and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. And if you were a Greek believer, that would make no sense to you at all. But if you were Jewish, you'd be like, I know this story. Flip back over to the book of Zechariah. It's right there near the end of the Old Testament, right before Malachi. It's got a, it's where I put my green ribbon. If you don't have a, you need, if you don't have a bunch of ribbons, you're gonna have to get a bunch of ribbons here. Zechariah chapter two, verse one. Look at this. And I lifted my eyes and I saw, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. And then I said, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem. God's people, this was post-exile, but, but there's threats still all around him. Now watch this, watch what happens. And he said, to measure Jerusalem, to see what its width and its length, and behold, the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him and said to him, run and say to that young man, Jerusalem will be inhabited as villages without walls. They're not prepared to defend themselves yet, so how are they gonna do it? Listen to this. This might be your verse this week. And he says, I will be a wall to her. Wall of fire all around, declares the Lord. And I will be the glory in her midst. So if you are reading Revelation chapter 11, verse one, and you knew the Old Testament, you would know this, that this is about God being your wall of fire. You don't, you don't have enough locks. The other night, we were out on the front porch and we heard gunfire. Now, Daniel and I both know the difference between fireworks and gunfire. And we heard gunfire and I, no dispersions here, but we called 911 and we were on hold four minutes and nobody ever answered. There, there, was, no, there was nobody coming. Maybe you're in that place in your life right now. Maybe you're in that place where you, you've got things around you and it doesn't seem like anybody can come and help. And this is what God says. I'm your wall. I'm your wall of fire. This, this measure that he's calling us to, it's about identity. You find protection in that. You find protection in that. It's, it's about remembering Look at, look at this specific thing he says here, those who worship there. See, he isn't just measuring the buildings. He isn't just measuring even the place where the worship happens. He's measuring the people that matter to him because you matter to him. You, you're, not, you're, not just, you're not just this random person in the kingdom of God. 
He sees you. He knows you. He knows the things that keep you awake at night. He knows the things that wake you in the morning. He knows the regrets you have from childhood. He knows the fears you have for the next generation. He knows those things. He measures those things. He keeps a record of those things. Psalm 120, verse 1. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Psalm 91. I've read Psalm 91 with a bunch of y'all. Psalm 91, that baby doesn't bother me, by the way. That's a beautiful sound. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say to the Lord, my refuge, my shelter, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. When, When you walk with him, He can be that wall of fire in your life. He tells us that he's measuring, that he's keeping a record, that he's watching. And he says, there's an outer court here. It's gonna be trampled. And it looks like everything's absolutely crazy. But look who's trampling it, the nations. Who did he send them again to prophesy to, the nations? In the kingdom of God, listen, The nations are not the enemy, they're the prize. When you come in next week, you're gonna see pictures of missions all down that wall that's been painted white, and it's gonna say, nations, listen, this is one of the things that's unique about what I believe God has been doing in this church for a long, long time. I remember remember 9-11, and y'all remember 9-11? Remember when that happened, and we sat and we watched those planes hit that tower? We watched what was happening at the Pentagon, we heard about Pennsylvania. We, we, we started this whole approach about going and being confrontational with Muslims, and, and it just wasn't getting anywhere. We got some, some of our college kids beat up. Wasn't, wasn't where we were going. Kept saying, this isn't working. This isn't the way God's called us to. No, listen, This has been my experience over and over and over and over again. You go and you get in proximity to the nations and you start praying and they meet you. We we had this, we had this, these guys came and interrupted one of our meetings once. And I I was sat down with them and I said, you know, tell me, tell me what you guys want. And they said, well, we want to know what you say to Muslims. And I I said, well, what do you say? And they said, well, we tell them that they're lost and they're, they're, they're destined for an eternity away from God for hell. And I say, well, I say that too, but I usually say hello first. <laughs> He's called us to the nations. And look at, what, look at how he says this. He says, they're gonna trample the city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1,260 days. You know what 1,260 days is? 42 months. In that calendar, 30 days in a month, three and a half years, you see this over and over again that God has this order. Wherever there's a measure of darkness, wherever there's a measure of trampling, wherever there's a measure of brokenness, there's an answer that God has that's equal to that brokenness. The fall is great, but the redemption is even greater. 
there's this thing of measure. I wanna give you a few things. I wanna tell you a story and we're gonna honor our teachers. It's a special city, Zechariah chapter two. All the cities in the world, God says, I'm measuring you, you're mine. You're special to me, you belong to me. You matter greatly. I haven't forgotten you. It seems like you've been in exile. You're back here. Your walls are down. It seems like all is broken, but I haven't forgotten you. A special ministry, 1 Kings 18. This is the story of Elisha and, uh, and, and Elijah. Elijah here before Elisha comes into this play. Prophets of Baal are, are running the country. God's people are worshiping Baal, who literally required the lives of the children. That was the, that was the testimony of the greatest loyalty to Baal. And Elijah's walking and the king sees him and he says, oh, there's the troublemaker. And Elijah's like, hey baby, the trouble's just starting. So you bring your 450 and you bring your 400, who, who they operated in chaos. He said, you let them do their altar. And they just took some wood and threw it down and they, they were really haphazard about it and nothing happened and they cried out to their God. They literally started cutting themselves. Cutting, by the way, those kind of self-abusive things is a way you're trying to get attention. You feel like you're not being heard. And then Elijah, it's kind of a punk move. He goes, hey, listen, maybe your God needs a new hearing aid. He, he can't hear very well. I think your God's in the bathroom. I mean, it's in the text. You read it, I'm not making this up. It's in there. Your God's like, he's taking a quick break. And then Elijah, in great order, says, no, we bring 12 stones. One that represents each of the tribes. It's all done in this very systematic way, and then the fire comes. Years later, Elisha's there. He's the disciple, Elijah, after this great moment of triumph, is broken, and God says, listen, I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and find your replacement. And Elisha knew the whole time he was the replacement for Elijah. How amazing would it be that you're gonna be Elijah's replacement? You are the CEO in training, and let's be honest, you're the CEO in training. You're looking forward to the retirement day of the CEO. You're the assistant principal and you know it's your place. You, you're, you're the number two guy on the team and the old guy's retiring. But that's not what you see. Second Kings chapter two, Elisha measures again this, this love and this relationship. He had this opportunity to be the premier, but the fire comes. And Elisha runs after him and says, my father, my father. It's a, it's a special, it's a measuring. There's, in Daniel chapter three, you know this story. Nebuchadnezzar has this, this idol built. Daniel had a vision that was, it included Nebuchadnezzar's time, but Nebuchadnezzar tried to circumvent that and had this 90 feet tall, nine feet wide statue of gold, tells everybody to, to kneel down to it. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were clear about their names. Their names were representative of God. They don't bow. The king is enraged. He throws them in. He looks inside. There's a measure again. There were three that goes in, but you see, when, when you're thrown into the fire, you're not alone. And he looks in there, and there's another one. Here's what's funny. 
You go look at the story. Look, it's, it's in Daniel chapter three. You can look at it for yourself. You don't believe me. You should. I'm your pastor. But, but, but he, goes, he goes, there's four guys in there. He doesn't call all four of them out. He just calls the three. He wants nothing to do with that fourth one. No, I'll, I'll, I want Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, I don't want anything to do with that other guy that's walking around in there. The enemy never wants anything to do with him. Let me give you one more. Matthew chapter 28. Flip over there in your Bible. It's a great commission. It's an amazing story. Isn't that a sweet sound? Not like the unhappy part, but the happy cry. It's all right. It's all right. When she goes to college, you'll cry louder. All right. What a punk move by me. All right. Have y'all seen that Michael W. Smith video about sending your kid to college? If you're sending your kid to wait, don't watch it right now. This is what he says. Again, here's a measure. You see this all in scripture. You see this all through Revelation. Again, three and a half years, 42 months, 1260 days. You see this measure. You see this happening all the time. That whenever, whenever there's great challenge, you see these very precise words come into play. He says, you know, go, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now watch this, because within this great command, he has all authority and he's telling them to go to, to make disciples, to, to baptize people, to do all this. But then within this command, he says, behold, I want you to pay special attention here to this. Within the great commission, there's a deeper commissioning. Behold, pay attention. I'm getting ready to, I'm telling you the biggest thing, but I'm telling you a bigger thing than the big thing. Behold, I am with you. What's the next word? Always. And then he defines it again to the end of the age. Because at the end of the age, there's no more time. I'm with you always. As Sarah talked about in the car when I was teaching, I worked with these young men. It was all court appointed. I had worked for the police for two and a half years. I'd guarded prisoners, all kinds of stuff. Never got hurt. Worked, worked at a court appointed school. I got beat up every day. Got my nose broke, got my ribs cracked. I would literally pull to the end of the driveway every day and I would sit there at the end of this, we had this long driveway going into the school. There was a security gate there and I would pull up to the end and, they, and I would go out of the gate and I would sit there and I would cry. And I'd say, I can't go back tomorrow. I can't do this again. I can't be with these kids for eight hours. Always having to watch my back never knowing what they're going to do with anything that's around, how sharp the pencils are even. And I would hear the Spirit of God speak into my life, and I know some people don't believe God does that, but I think he does. Say, I'm with you, and you're my man here. 
I need you tomorrow. I'll release you from this, but tomorrow you're here. Some takeaways. I, I, was, I was at a big home improvement warehouse. This one's orange this week. And I was getting, I, listen, I love this whole you can, you can order online thing. Isn't it amazing? Like you can order and like they have it for you. We got a concert going on now. So, so I, I, it, it really isn't whatever you want to do is fine. But uh, so, so it was this, this I, I go into the store to pick up because I'm getting this big container. It's actually got all of our signs in it out there. And, and everybody else was working and I was free. So I, I took the Suburban and I went down there and, and I got this big gigantic crate. But as I'm walking in, there's this guy and he kind of starts racing me to the service desk. And I'm like, hey, what you don't know is I actually hold the Asbury record still do for the race walk, buddy, okay? <laughs> Thank God there's no video of this, okay? But I still have that record. I don't, I probably no one wanted it. But, but I, I'm, okay, all right. No demonstrations today. But this guy's like racing me to the service desk. You ever get like raced to a, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, you win. The, we're gonna give you a trophy, a participation award or something. And, and, and by the way, Anthony Carter got a silver medal in the Olympics, Audrey. Woo! Audrey, you gotta stand up, all right, all right? Her husband pitched. And, and in the, the last game he pitched in, struck the first two guys out, the third guy hit the ball at him and Anthony goes like, <laughs> and catches the ball. And then he smiled like, it was, yeah, after, yeah, it was like, yeah, that was, I think that was like an angel in the outfield kind of thing, yeah. But, but this, this, guy's, this guy is in, is in line in front of me and, and they had a bunch of people working and the, this lady took him and he went around, kind of around the corner on the service desk and this lady took me over to this one over here. So we're, we're a little ways away from each other. And I can hear he's not happy. But I'm, you know, she's taking care of me and I'm really not paying attention. And, and the lady that, that takes care of him walks over to the lady and she goes, that man just cussed me out. And the lady that's taking care of me goes, the preacher? And I go, no, the preacher's right here. Look, I'm not gonna name the two witnesses, but next week I'm gonna name the preacher. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I, I thought about sending that out on social media. Boy, I'd, I'd, somebody's gonna like call me and say, I have a donation to make to your church, you know? So, so I, I said, are you serious? And the lady goes, yeah. She goes, he, he bought a string trimmer and, and it's like a year and a half old. And he goes, it's got a two-year warranty. And, and I told him, you know, we don't take them back at the store. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a store brand string trimmer, right? She goes, yeah. I said, everybody knows the deal here. They're $99.99. You can send it back to the manufacturer for $99.98, and they'll, they'll fix it. You know, it's, the service is free, but the shipping, you know, you pay both ways. And, or you can buy a new one for a penny more. If you want a good one, you buy a steel. Everyone knows that. Or a, or a Husqvarna. Like, Husqvarna sounds like a string trimmer that would like husk varna. I mean, you just want to say that. You're going to say it in the car on the way home. But, but, but she goes, well, I can't comment on that. I said, I know, but, but you know I'm telling the truth here. And, and I, said, I said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, I don't know this man. I, 
he's well known enough in the city where I was, and I'm not going to say where it was, he's well known enough that they knew he was the preacher. This is what struck me. How does a string trimmer become more important than a human being? You know why? You didn't measure. You didn't measure. You, you, didn't, you didn't measure the thing that mattered. So three things here. Measure what matters. What matters to you? Get your prayer journal back out and fill it out. If you don't have a prayer journal, go get a composition book. They're like 79 cents right now. And fill it out. I even gave you some instructions there in the notes this week about how to do that. And start praying every day for the people in your lives. You don't like the government? Pray for it. It's what he tells us to do. You're concerned about your family? Pray for them. You want your work to be different? Pray for them. Especially if you're on staff here. Pray for other ministries. And watch God change your heart. And watch God change theirs. I'm gonna give y'all a little tip here. I figured this out a long time ago. When I have a meeting that I'm worried about, I pray beforehand, especially if it's with Anita. <laughs> change her heart or mine, Lord. You, it works. It works. It straight up works. Measure what matters. Look at your planner and, and your prayer journal and use those two things to guide you to get back into healthy rhythms. God's people had rhythms. They had, they had festivals. Oh, 12 a year. They, they celebrated. So remember what matters. We... I looked for it, I couldn't find it, it's stored away, but I have this door that we've kept for 25 years. And it's got marks on it, and it starts down here, and it goes up here. And when we moved, I bought another door and replaced it, and I've kept it. Remember what matters. God's people had all these festivals and feasts so they could go back and look at the things that, that God had done and celebrate. Make memories. Don't get sucked into binge watching or being owned by your phone. You wanna, you wanna know if your phone's a problem? If you look at it, every time you get a spare minute, if you look at your phone, there's a ringer on there, they'll call you. Be intentional in the people in your lives. Go to movies in pajamas. Sit on the front porch in rainstorms. Go to Waffle House at midnight. Wake your kids up and say, we're going to Waffle House. Do stuff. Do stuff with the people that matter in your life that will be memories. Go on a mission trip together. Save up. Now look, my niece sang at Disney. I'm glad you go to Disney. But you can probably... Go to Cambodia for about the same money. Go do a mission trip with your kids. Go in the U.S. You'll never forget it. Do things to remember, and here's the last thing. Remember that you matter. 
I think our sins come from two places primarily. One is not understanding the holiness of God. The second one is not understanding his deep and abiding love for us. You matter greatly. He loves you. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, I would ask that we would remember that you do things in an orderly way, that your, your answers to the brokenness is, is always enough, that you tell us that there are things that matter deeply. You, you keep a record. And within that, you tell us that we celebrate. And this morning, as we would pause and we would remember the love that you have for us, as we would remember your body and your blood, as we would pray and celebrate 60 years of marriage, Lord, what an accomplishment. Lord, I also would pray that if we've gotten out of that rhythm of that time of prayer, of that time in the word, that these other things have taken over our lives and it's time to get back to things that will last forever. My cell phone is not going with me into heaven. But the souls and the people that I love, they are. So why invest in something that's going away? We love you. We thank you that you are with us in our weakness and you hold all things together. And we believe that even in those things that are broken, you can bring that restoration. And this morning, as we take communion, as we open up our places for prayer this morning, Lord, come and meet us here. Amen. This week, let's remember to measure what matters, to get back to healthy rhythms of prayer and worship, to make memories, be intentional, and never forget you matter to God and He loves you. Thanks for listening. I'm Myrna Brown.